Oh, God. That was obnoxious. That's fine. Anyways. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 37, man. Yep, 37 episodes. 37 episodes. I... (laughs) Kind of unbelievable, not gonna lie. I believe it, but uh, it's gonna be a big one today. Yeah, this, this is gonna be fun. We finally eclipsed sixteen hundred listens. No shit. And I did create a Facebook page. I did. I, I saw you, that. You see that? Yeah. That's I fantastic. haven't done anything with it. I think we should post our this week's news stories on there. I'll be honest. I don't understand Facebook too well. I don't get on it very often. I don't either. And I only get on it for work shit. Yeah. But sure. In marketplace, we gotta figure out a way to like make that happen. Yeah, we'll do it. So if you guys know anything about Facebook, please tweet us at 30 in love. <laughs> we do have a facebook page now please check it out there's nothing on it yet. there's nothing <laughs> we, will, yet. we will get something on it I soon i hope and i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit gone when i created the entire thing <laughs> i'm hoping there's a profile picture there is there is okay so there's no description of the podcast though i don't think see yeah that's where i started to run on some stumbling that's blocks. fine that's fine we'll figure it out anyways that entire thing might be getting cut but we do have a facebook page <laughs> news stories what kind of news stories you got today uh, i got two i got I, one cool one one kind of funny one i've got three today so it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be interesting all right this is from bbc.com pat's favorite scientists hail stunning dragon man discovery Dragon Man Discovery. Yes. Chinese researchers have unveiled an ancient skull that could belong to a completely new species of human. It's pretty crazy, man. Wait a second. So they, they found a skull that's a completely different species of human? That's what they think, yeah. And it could be a dragon man? Apparently. Oh, boy. The team has claimed it is our closest evolutionary relative among known species of ancient human, such as the Neanderthals or Homo erectus. Nicknamed Dragon Man, the specimen represents a human group that lived in East Asia at least 146,000 years ago. It was found at Harbin, northeast China, in 1933, but only came into attention of scientists more recently. An analysis of the skull has been published in the journal The Innovation. One of UK's leading experts in human evolution, Professor Chris Stringer from London's Natural History Museum, was a member of the research team. In terms of fossils in the last million years, this one, this is one of the most important yet discovered, he told BBC News. Here's a picture of what they think it looked like doesn't, dragon it doesn't, dragon man is not the first yeah, thing that it, comes it, to my it head doesn't when I look, look at that. like a dragon um why did they come up with dragon man did they say anything about that dragon man had large almost square eye sockets thick brow ridges a wide mouth and oversized teeth professor quang ji from hebai geo geo university says it is one of the most complete early human skull fossils ever discovered so this is really interesting if you think about it because this could be an entire different subspecies of human right is what they're saying basically how they came up with dragon man i don't know yeah you'll have to check it out we'll, we'll post the we'll, we'll post the article to on our, our twitter face, on our twitter and on our new facebook now i know apps i have never even looked at a twitter page ever i don't even know what twitter is sure I know what Twitter is, but I can't. I can. I can handle the Facebook. I cannot handle the Twitter. Okay, I'll tell you what. You do the Facebook. I'll do the Twitter. <laughs> okay. And we'll get, we'll get that up there. Sounds good. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, though. Yeah. This this is a really cool article. The skull was reportedly discovered in 1933 by a construction worker helping to build a bridge on the Sanghua Song Songhua River running through Harbin in Heilongjiang Province. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? 
Heilong Zhejiang Province, which translates, which translated means Black Dragon River, hence the new human's name. That's why they call oh, it Dragon okay, Man. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, so the location of which it was found is why sure. they call it Dragon Man. I figured that they were alluding to the fact that we have reptilians living among us. Right. Like the queen. Right. But And I apologize, I just destroyed every one of those yeah. words. I've been doing like some like listening before I get into the studio. Me too, but I didn't get this far when I read yeah. the article at first. Yeah. But we, yeah, yeah, Dragon Man. That's pretty sweet. Anyways, on to my first one. I got three today. This one's a little bit different. This one comes from penlive.com. P-E-N-N-L-I-V-E. This is out of Lackawanna County, which is the same county as Scranton, Pennsylvania, which we've talked about on the show before. Police break up exorcism at Pennsylvania Home Depot. <laughs> Okay. Please tell me you don't have this one. No. Apparently during the middle of the day, like at 3 o'clock p.m., cops in Dixon City, which is close to Scranton, Pennsylvania, it's in the same county, were called in. Apparently an exorcism was being held in the lumber section for the trees that were cut down and turned into lumber, and the cops had to escort out several people for disorderly behavior, or as they uh, called it, bad behavior. Okay, so hold on, hold, hold on here. So the exorcism was being performed on the lumber. On the lumber. In was, the lumber aisle. Was the lumber possessed? Apparently. <laughs> Employees were just walking through the lumber section and were like, what the fuck is going on here? And they were doing exorcism on the lumber. So who called these people? The the Probably the employees called the police in. No, no, no. Who called the people? Who, who called in the priest to perform the exorcism? There doesn't say there was a priest here. It's probably some random asshole. Oh, okay. I thought It was just was... random people. Oh, thing. I thought this was a legit thing. No. <laughs> like there was a priest <laughs> in altars. Oh, in, my God. Who, who Whoever the hell it Could does. you imagine the exorcism six? Lumber in Pennsylvania. Lumbers. <laughs> yeah, dude. Shit. So that's that's a new story. There's not a whole lot more to add to that. That's funny, man. Um, no charges are likely to be filed. <laughs> and the individuals were escorted out of the store for bad behavior. That's what the official statement said. That's funny, man. So <laughs> Pennsylvania lumber is possessed. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with the rising price in lumber. I don't know if you paid attention to that really y- 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 right yeah. lately. So that's funny. That's my first one. Well, I have one more if you want to get into it let's listen so this is from upi um animal rescuer discovers king cobra in garden was a plastic toy we've had a couple news stories like this remember when uh i think you had one they thought you they with the cat in scranton sure where they, they thought it was a bobcat they thought it was a bobcat this is this isn't it's, it's kind of similar so they found a king cobra and determined it was a plastic toy yeah so this is, this is funny police in britain uh called animal rescuers for assistance capturing a king cobra in a resident's garden that turned out to be a plastic toy snake. The RSPCA said a resident of Workington, England, spotted what she believed to be a venomous snake on a chair in a neighbor's garden and called her son, who contacted Cumbria Police. Police called the RSPCA for assistance and Inspector Martin Fletcher responded to the scene. As the woman thought the snake had moved, the police took it seriously and called us, Fletcher told the RSPCA news release. It's really important in these situations to confine the animal as safely as possible, particularly if it's suspected that the snake may be venomous. Fletcher said he quickly discovered this king cobra was a plastic kind. He said the investigation was brief. (laughs) (laughs) The investigation was brief. So they literally called in, they literally called in the damn agency to to take care of this. And okay, so if you live in in England, are king cobras, (laughs) uh, are are they indigenous to that? No. 
Absolutely not. Okay, so if you look out your window, you saw a king cobra. You'd be like, yo, what the, what the hell? What the hell is that doing? You wait here? for it to move. Yeah, like you'd think it would move, or you throw something at it. Yeah, you, 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 you fuck with it at first. Okay? You, don't, you don't get too close. Yeah, you don't get if close. Honestly, God, think it is. You don't get that close. Of course, but if you you throw some at it, see if it moves. Now, king crowbars are long. Like those suckers can get like six feet long, I think. Sure. So, how big was this toy? Did it say? It didn't say, but it's it's probably like four feet long sure five feet long i guess that's a pretty big toy though like, you gotta be careful you don't want to give a kid that nah maybe maybe two feet long yeah two or three that's probably a yard long yeah or no we're in the uk so it's a meter like, come on dude that looks fake as hell it's a meter long yeah <laughs> i do have a funny story can i add one to this real quick sure back when i was a little kid i was obsessed with snakes i was always like i'd go out in the yard like hoping i was just gonna like randomly find a snake one day and i would do it i, would, I spent a lot of time at my busha and jaja's house growing up i always thought i was just gonna like find a snake out in their yard i was obsessed with the idea of finding a snake i just wanted to find one i don't know how weird that is but <laughs> so because i was never gonna find a snake in a yard obviously i get like toys like sn- little you know little plastic toys like that one yeah and i had a lot of those like i would collect them and i'd play with them and that was really cool even though they weren't real they all looked kind of real many years later i was at my bush and Jaja's house cutting their grass as an adult i was probably 20 21 and i looked down and i find a snake and i'm like shit this has got to be one of my toys that ended up in the garden i was probably playing with this thing when i was six years old out in the garden one day and it just ended up here and here we are gutting out the garden and i found one of my old toys so i'm like oh this is pretty cool so i pick it up and it starts moving and i'm like you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> it's a real snake after how many years of out in that garden every single day looking for a snake i find one as an adult and i thought it was Aww. like one of my toys dude that's like so Dude, that's literally a movie plot. It was just, it was, it's a little, a little gardener snake. It was like probably this long. Yeah, maybe. sure. But it was, and I picked it up and I'm like, oh, it's one of my toys. I'm like, holy hell, this thing's alive. So I got kind of excited. Dude, that's awesome. Dude, that's a movie plot right there. I don't know if that is but it, potentially that's what i thought that's what i thought of thinking i found a toy but it actually being a real snake that's awesome glad you're able to share that yes i'm very happy anyways you have another new story i do i've got one more and this is a big one Uh oh no i've got two more so this one's not a big one this one comes out of foxnews.com 42,000 pounds of missing pistachios leads to possible illegal pistachio operation. Authorities believe that the pistachios were being prepared to be resold. So apparently there's a company in California called Touchtone Pistachio Company. 98% of the pistachios in the United States are grown in California. So this company has a big market share of pistachio growth. They ran a routine inventory check and they found that 21 tons of pistachios just (laughs) couldn't be accounted for, which is roughly a truckload. I don't know what the exact numbers are but it's about a truckload and these things get shipped out in 2,000 pound sacks damn so they're missing 21 2,000 pound sacks damn so they reported the missing pistachios to authorities and they opened up an investigation. Local deputies cracked the case pretty quickly and arrested the nut they suspected orchestrated the whole thing the nut they suspected <laughs> They cracked the case pretty quickly. Uh, apparently, a guy named Alberto Montemayor of Montemayor Trucking was took took a full trailer full of pistachios and just drove them off to some side lot somewhere. And he had begun the process of packaging them up in the smaller bundles to sh- to sell. Damn. So he had twenty one tons of pistachios. <laughs> Bro, what are you gonna? You can't handle that many. And he was gonna. He was probably was to repackage them and sell them <sighs> in smaller quantities. He just figured he wasn't gonna get caught. 
Come on, man. And they cracked the case pretty quickly. And it was over $170,000 worth of pistachios that I ended up stealing. So we've talked about diamond heists and all the other shit on our crazy heist episode. Yeah. Never thought we were going to talk about a pistachio heist, did we? No. But, dude, I bet, like, buying that many pistachios is like an investment, bro. Well, he stole them. I know, but, like, the price. Yeah. The price of pistachios goes up all the time. I don't. I, really? <laughs> I'm just. Is, it a, is this a commodity or something? <laughs> like, I don't know. <sighs> Anyways, do you have any more news today? Nope, I'm all set. I've got one more, and it's a big one. Sure. So we talked about it on our Aliens Part 4 episode, Disclosure. Yep. We talked about how there was a deadline in place for the Department of Defense to come out and give us something. Right. Well, on Friday, June 25th, 2021, they gave us something. This is out of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And that is my source for this because I just read it straight from the actual report that came out. Sure. They released a nine-page preliminary assessment, unidentified aerial phenomena, where they basically put together, it was, it was essentially a summary, but this was their report they released that they had to release. It was only a nine-page report about the unidentified aerial phenomena. Dude, they did that in one weekend, and then they were just chilling the rest of the time. Probably. <laughs> they didn't do a damn and thing. It doesn't really give us a whole lot, but I, I, I read it myself, and there were, the media is reporting some different things, and I'm going to report what I saw when I read the report sure the biggest thing that popped up in the nine pages is that these their investigation only encompasses between the years 2004 and 2021 so 2004 up until today Mm -hmm. so it doesn't include anything that happened previously to that so project blue book forget about that that wasn't included in this report uh all the other projects that we talked about all the other things that we've talked about in our previous alien episodes weren't included in this it was only recent shit Mm -hmm. they had a very specific selection of reports that they even commented on in total there were 144 uap uh, events is what they call them and of those 143 remain unexplained so, so, so there have been 144 there were 144 between 2004 and to the, and today basically and 143 are, unexplained. are still unexplained what about that one what was that one it was a balloon <laughs> <laughs> what, what's interesting about this whole thing and it's very first of all it's very complicated because these are only reports that made it to the Pentagon and there's a whole big procedural process that has to happen for a report to make it that far so the pilot or whoever observed it had to see it he had to report it to his superior officer who had to report it up the chain further and it had to fit all the criteria for it to be a credible report in terms of the pentagon for them to even investigate it right so if you miss any step along the way your report didn't get investigated so 144 reports made it up that far how many actually happened is you don't know because at one point you heard that they were having reports every single day right so there's a whole lot of there's a whole bureaucratic process to get the report that far basically but 144 made it up that far 80 included incidents where the object in question was detected by multiple methods meaning you saw it and you tracked it on radar or you saw it and you tracked it on infrared or infrared and radar both picked it up 80 of these incidents had multiple things saying that something was out there that they couldn't explain that's pretty significant in my opinion right to add to that they they're pretty confident that these are physical objects because a lot of speculation is that oh it's an optical illusion or it's something it's an atmosphere event that we can't really explain yet they're confident that they're tracking a physical object up there in space via the radar reports and the infrared reports in addition to the uh the observance like the visual observing that's being done mm-hmm. so all that being said they have no explanation obviously you knew we knew that we we're going to come out and say that they had an explanation right 144 reports 
43 they couldn't explain. Now, obviously, they're asking for more funding to research this, which that's a Department of Defense. That's in their playbook is to just get more funding for whatever. Sure. But they also came out and said that there's no evidence to determine that it's a foreign entity. They don't think it's an, it's any foreign technology. They didn't mention extraterrestrials or ETs or UFOs at all in this nine-page report, which is to be expected. Right. And then back to our other episode. Remember how you talked about how you want to see a really good photo of the thing? Right. The guy, like Luis Esposito or whatever the hell his name is, the guy that was in charge of the program, he's been coming out and saying that they had photos. They have really good ones. And the ones that have been released, that have been leaked, are like the least compelling of the of the group. But he thinks that the Department of Defense is purposely deleting those. Damn. So he says that there's a lot, there's, a, there's serious, like, incontrovertible photographic evidence of these things, but they're never going to see the light of day. Mm-hmm. And only the most, the shittiest videos basically are, are getting leaked out to the public. Right. So. Damn. Do with that whatever you want. That's a big one. It is a big one. And we talked about that on, on our disclosure episode. We were pretty much spot on in terms of what they were going to give us. Basically. There really wasn't anything else to add to that. It is worth in listening or reading it on your own. It's only a nine-page report. So if you listeners are curious, please check it out. It's pretty easy to find online. And it makes it look like there's going to be more information coming out. This was labeled as a preliminary report. Right. So hopefully there's more coming out. Obviously, they're asking for more funding, which that's what the Pentagon does. They always are asking for more funding for whatever. A lot of people will point to the UFOs being a fabricated concept to get more funding to the Pentagon. I don't really agree with that necessarily, but... Anything's possible. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of reports of people seeing this stuff, and this isn't new stuff. This is just the right. first time that they're acknowledging it, which is very significant. Anyways, after all that, are we finally ready? I think we're ready. For the main topic. The main topic. What's our main topic? Ben, this is your episode. Is this my episode? It definitely is. We're doing assassins. Assassins. Assassinations. Assassinations or any type of... Like a failed assassination. Covert attempt Covert. to murder somebody. Yeah, shit like that. And we're also going to get into people that died under mysterious circumstances that yes. may have been assassinated. All right. Ben seems to have the most research done every week. So so you know about Nero, right? Yes. Nero. Emperor. The Emperor Nero. Uh, was it before Caligula? And Cl- I think it was after Cl- uh, Caligula. Um, yeah, 54 to 68 AD. I don't know, no. Are the years that he ruled. Okay. Right. And the target of the assassination was his mother. Agrippina the Younger. Yes. Okay. Did I say that correctly? Agrippina. Agrippina. So, even though Nero was the emperor at that time, his mother still had a lot of power. And we all know how brutal of a guy that Nero was. So, he's like, you know what? I don't really want to share any of this power. I'm going to off my mom. Sure. So, he comes up with uh, a couple different ways to try to assassinate his mother. And he tries like three or four times and he fails every time until the last time. And we're going to go over some of the things that he he did to try try and kill his mom sure it's pretty crazy so one now the accounts vary through like through history but these are the ones that carry the most weight basically okay that Nero had he had a mechanical ceiling built above his mother's bed <clears throat> and when activated it would basically fall to the ground and crush her like how do you how do you come up with that wait so he fabricated a ceiling it was described as a mechanical ceiling to crush his mother yeah so when when activated now, it would it would fall and crush his mom now the thing you got to think about with that <clears throat> is of all the ideas you could possibly come up with to assassinate your mother right how the hell do you, do you, do you even <laughs> land on that one I, that's what i'm saying like how what kind of imagination do you like it's pretty it's pretty simple it's pretty simple things to do to, to you know you know how do you, how do you come up with ceiling collapse ceiling collapse <laughs> i 
And just to clarify real quick, I was just looking it up. It was Caligula, then Claudius, and then Nero. Okay. And then he was followed by Galba, which started the whole new dynasty. Gotcha. So I'm sorry. I had to just get that no, in there. No, you're good. You're I, was, good. I couldn't remember. <laughs> so Nero was the last of the, the Augustan. I don't know if it was the Augustan dynasty. Not sure. Octavian, because it was Octavian and Tiberius, who was the emperor during Jesus's time. And then Caligula, and then Claudius, and then Nero. And they all descended from Caesar. Right. And then they started the new dynasty. I'm sorry. I'm a nerd. No, you're good. So <laughs> his first idea was, oh, we're just going to knock the ceiling down. Yep. And then second attempts, or he he tries to drown her. So he, he she would like do her traveling or whatever out on boats. Sure. And he would order the captains to ram the boats until it drowned. Other accounts say that he had collapsible built, uh, boats built. <laughs> So that when they were out at sea, it would just collapse. Like, the whole boat would just fall apart and her mother would drown. But apparently, none of this shit worked. Anything <laughs> no that he... Shit, none, none of it worked. None of it worked. So what he ended up doing was um, he hired assassins to murder her and stage it as a suicide, which was pretty common. I mean, they had no problem killing off uh, Julius Caesar, just having the bodyguards do it. Right. This guy is like, oh, we need to <laughs> sink <laughs> the boats that my mother is <laughs> like, on. I know, that's what... That's that's why I picked this oh, one. I well, was like, this dude tried so many times. Well, why don't we just hire someone to kill her? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, never thought about that one. <laughs> like, and then it's like, does the, does his mom ever ca- like get, catch on? Like, someone's trying to kill me, man. I was just in a collapsible boat. The boat ride before that, they they, they were ramming the boats into the rocks, and then I was sleeping, and the ceiling well, fell. The ceiling on me. fell. I mean, aren't, aren't you gonna aren't you just gonna I, leave? I don't even know what to do with <laughs> with that one. Such a weird situation, man. I feel like I've heard about this i feel like i had to have learned about this at some point in school there's probably a lot more to the history i just yeah. didn't get into it that deep the roman empire is a, it's an interesting time right and all these guys are all these guys are fucking nuts <laughs> there's not a, there's not a normal one in the group except for marcus aurelius who was the best of the bunch and but he didn't come up for another he didn't come up until 100 years later so oh shit it's different anyway so that your first assassination so it wasn't nero yep. it was his mother it's his mother no was nero the one that died in the like the burning building i don't know i forget i can't remember it's been so long anyways i don't have anything recent with assassinations well i do have a couple recent ones but i feel with the where the word assassin even came from i feel like i used to know i feel like you've told me this before i don't know if i have i i've 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 seen it somewhere now obviously assassinations are carried about by assassins yes but did you know where the term came from nope you ever played the assassin's creed games i I played it like one time at a friend's house it's pretty cool it's pretty cool now the first game was one of the original xbox 360 games that came out and it was one of the first like real like next generation games where they're going to show you how cool this generation of video games is going to be on a console so the original assassin's creed game was set during one of the crusades and it was set in persia it was syria lebanon and i don't know iran and that you know that area like israel palestine yeah a jerusalem's a city in it uh Damascus and a car, I think. I think it's. I think Damascus is one of the cities. Now, during that time, during the Crusades, uh, Islam was coming into its own in the Middle East. It was really starting to gain power, but also the Christians who had coalesced in the Roman, the old Roman Empire and in Europe were coming back into the Holy Land. They were trying to reclaim the Holy Land, basically. Mm-hmm. So we're talking right around, it would have been like the 11th century, basically. 11th and 12th century. I think it was when the game was 
set, and they follow a sect called the Assassins, which were an, Al- an Islamic sect of assassins, basically, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, what I didn't realize when I first played that game, because I knew about the Templars, I knew about a lot of the history behind what was going on, the Crusades, and you had Muslim cities, you had Christian cities, and you had the Jews just kind of stuck in the middle. They weren't really there. They weren't really pre- prominent there, but it was still the Jewish Holy Land, basically. What I didn't realize is that the Assassins were an actual historical sect. They were an offshoot of an offshoot of Shia Muslim, which Shia is still a thing today, but they were more of a secret society more than anything. Hmm. Their founder was a guy by the name of Hassan I. Sabah, and he was a Muslim guy who was really kind of into it, but he was also, he knew a bunch of other like powerful people. One guy was like a Muslim mystic who was into the whole Eastern esoteric knowledge shit, who had like knowledge like dating back to Egypt and all that shit. And then there's another guy who was like in connection with a with a caliph, you know what the caliph is, like the successor of Muhammad. Okay. So he had a bunch of connections, but he got done getting pissed off because he had all this like knowledge that was like kind of against Muslim, but still in the mix basically. Mm-hmm. So what he ended up doing was founding, he found his own sect, which was an osh- offshoot of a group called the Ismaili, and this was the Assassins. So basically his group, he managed, he managed to get all these like crazy guys together with him. They ended up taking over this fortress called Amalut, I think. It was in like the mountains of Iran, uh, Western Iran, so kind of near like Libya, or not Libya, uh, Lebanon and Syria are the two main countries that are in the mix over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Israel, or whatever the hell. So they overtook this fortress and they formed this like assassins guild basically. Now what this guy did to recruit people is insane. He was pretty rich and he had a lot of power because he had really good connections. He had connections with like powerful Muslim people, powerful government officials, and powerful mystical people that like had like these like weird extraterrestrial powers. And it probably all dates back to the aliens, but we don't really know that for sure. But he he had this like valley commissioned where he found this like remote valley and he decided he was gonna turn this into like a like a fake paradise. So he had all these ridiculous like exotic animals pumped in get all these like hot chicks pumped in and all like the food and like all the stuff that you could ever imagine would be in paradise and he built he basically manufactured paradise Hmm. so what he would do is he'd go he'd send his people out to like a tavern or whatever just like some like random in the middle of nowhere and he'd find some like drunk guy like usually it's like a young drunk guy is what he would target he'd be like hey man how you doing he'd drink with them or he'd have his guys out there drinking with them then he'd end up drugging the guy and he'd drug him with these drugs that were so strong that would completely knock him out so they'd knock him out they'd take him back to this, this paradise place and they'd wake up and they'd be like oh my god i must be in heaven i must have died and i went to heaven basically (laughs) there's hot babes everywhere there's everything you could ever want the food the wine whatever the hell he wanted animals everywhere it was like what the hell happened (laughs) i woke up in paradise right so they he'd leave the people there long enough to have the that impression sealed and then he'd knock him out again and drop him back where he found them Jeez. And then what would happen is he'd send somebody else in there talking about paradise and be like, oh, I was there. Like, yes, you were there. We have the keys to bring you back, basically. And then that's how he would suck people into his cult. Are you with me? Do you yeah, understand? Yeah. Like, that's, that sounds like a lot. It's brilliant, though. <laughs> yeah, it's very smart. What he ended up doing was he would do this a lot with these people. The system was it was pretty sustainable. Like, he had the everything to sustain it. But he'd get these people back, and they all wanted to go back. And you know how the Muslims have the whole thing? 
thing with uh, like the virgins that you go if you do your shit in heaven. Yeah. That's kind of where it just stemmed from. Yeah. With this idea, but the fact that he brought them to a place that was essentially paradise and that it was so cemented in his head, he could do whatever he wanted with these people because all they wanted to do was go back to that place. Right. It was it was ingenious. So what they ended up doing was he would assassinate any of his political rivals via a lone assassin, which is where the whole name came from. And these guys would go out there. They'd be like, shit, if I just do this one thing, if I kill this one guy, I'm going back to that place, <laughs> which is the greatest thing of all time. Right. And it was an easy way to manufacture power over these people. Now, the term assassin is itself, you're going to like this one, comes from the term hashishins. Hashishins? Which is directly translated into users of hashish. <laughs> And literally, it's literally exactly what you would do. These guys would smoke hash, <laughs> and they'd have these, like, mystical experiences, and then they go out and they kill people. Jeez. It's literally what was going on. So it had to be some type of psychedelic well, that they were smoking. You know what hash is, right? Uh, yeah. That's what, exactly what they were doing. So they were, smoking, of, so they were smoking marijuana? Yes. Okay. Well, marijuana doesn't usually make you see shit, so I'm saying it could well, have been a psychedelic. Well, hash. And it's not necessarily seeing stuff. It's being enlightened to the point where you can do okay. these things. Okay. Okay. So they because weren't. Marijuana isn't okay. really a psychedelic. Yeah. I'm just saying. Because you said that they saw shit. Like they. No. Did that, I say that? Did I say that? I thought that's what you said. Maybe I said that. Maybe I did. I didn't mean to. Okay. But they would smoke hashish or hash. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and they do these things. <laughs> now, if you're using like a. Especially back then where like, like hash is a pretty potent thing. Like mm-hmm. that'll fuck you off a little bit. Sure. Maybe they were seeing stuff. It's possible. Anyways, so that's the history behind the term assassins. It was a guild. It wasn't really a guild. It was like like a secret society, basically. And it's all funded. It was founded on similar principles as the Masons were, despite the fact that it's Islamic in root as opposed to being Christian. Mm-hmm. What's also interesting is that they were big rivals with like the Templars back during the Crusades. Yeah. But not as big of a rivals as the Assassin's Creed games would make you think that they were. There were points where the Templars and the Assassins were working together. Hmm. They're all founded on similar principles, though, that date back to like Egypt and even beyond Egypt. Now, everybody's going to say the Assassins were knocked out by Genghis Khan and the Mongols back when they kind of forced their way south. But there's a lot of evidence that the Assassins are still around today, as the video games would probably make you believe basically but it's all rooted in history which is really interesting so it could be around today you never know but that's where the whole term <laughs> assassin came from that's cool was this group and it's really cool and i do definitely recommend the video games because they're a lot more historical than you would think a video game would be hmm. so nice so do you want to get into one so this one's this one's pretty well known and it's just like uh it's just it's just crazy the way people get creative and how they kill people sure so you ever heard of the assassination of georgie markov i can't say that i have off the top of my head georgie markov was a a Bulgarian dissident and he was a communist defactor and he lived in London in the 1970s and he worked for the BBC World Service and basically what happened was is he was on his way home from work and he was waiting at a bus stop and he was standing there and he felt this like stabbing in the back of his leg back of his thigh he's like what the hell was that and he looked behind him and he saw so there's conflicting stories but the two stories are the guy said I'm very sorry and he walked away and he was and he picked up his umbrella like he accidentally dropped it and hit his leg or whatever. And the other and the other story is the guy was running away with the umbrella and he hopped in a taxi real quick and drove off. But four days later after this incident, he was dead. So is this a confirmed assassination or a alleged assassination? This is so what they found in the cut was a pellet that was full of ricin. Oh, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the pellet, um, yeah, the pellet was full of ricin, and they assumed that it was in the area where the umbrella hit. So they think that the umbrella had the pellet of ricin, and he stabbed him with it, and it got into his, and that's how they killed him. And nobody ever found out who this guy was or anything like that. That's insanity. The guy, the whole, it was never solved. That gives me chills. Isn't that's that crazy? crazy. That is insane. <laughs> because ricin, that's not something you just come across. Yeah. And I was reading, just because we were talking about ricin, there are so many attempts on the president's life today with ricin. Like, I was reading that Obama would get multiple letters with ricin. It would be stopped, obviously, before. But there, there are so many assassination attempts, even today. That's insanity. Now, the other thing that makes me wonder is, are people, like, dying in the background that we don't know about? Like, people opening up these letters? <laughs> right. For like... real. <laughs> no, I'm sure that all the president's mail is probably, you know, they probably have hazmat suits on, and they you never I know guess, what the hell they're yeah. going to run into. They, they, they probably have a whole system to checking his mail. But that's no joke. That's yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get into my next one now because I don't know if I can really top that, but are you familiar with former U.S. Senator and Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy? Yes. Now, obviously, everybody knows about the JFK assassination. I wasn't yeah. going to get into that one today because that would be a... T- we could do... That's, that, that's a multiple part we could episode. Do, we could do 20 episodes on that whole thing. Yeah. But nobody talks as much about his younger brother, Robert F. Kennedy, Bobby. Yep. And his assassination. And this one is crazy to me because, number he, one... He was going to win. He was definitely going to win. He should have been... Motherfuckers, he he motherfuckers did, they did not want him to win. He would have beaten Nixon. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, he would have. He would have he was took popular. over in uh, 68. But he was a senator. He was a former attorney general. He was a senator of, out of New York at the time. June 5th, 1968. He had just won South Dakota and California in the Democratic primaries. While on his way to securing the Democratic nomination, he was very close. Like He was definitely the favorite to win the Democratic nomination. He was at the Ambassador Hotel in uh, Los Angeles, California, which was his like campaign headquarters, basically. Mm-hmm. He had just given a victory speech. They were going on to Illinois. It was like, the next big primary. So it was like, we're going to go on to Chicago and we're going to win there, basically. And after that speech, like, the hotel was crowded. There was a lot of press. He was supposed to go to like a secondary like a press conference afterwards and this was after midnight on a long night his campaign manager diverted him away they're like we're not going to do the second thing and this was back before uh presidential candidates had the amount of security that they have today like we've been to some rallies we've seen the security it's, it's insanity yes this it wasn't like that back then bobby had a former fbi agent and like two like un, unformal informal bodyguards that's all he really had protecting him now, obviously there was other people present cops were probably present because this was it was a large gathering, mm-hmm. but it wasn't nearly the security that you'd anticipate today. Right. So for some reason, he decided he wasn't going to do the second thing. And his campaign manager said, we're not doing it. The security guard caught him because he was about to go to the second press conference. His security guard caught him and was like, hey, we're actually going this way. Follow me, basically, and grabbed him by the arm and led him through the kitchen of the hotel where he was shaking hands with a bunch of people. And he was shaking hands with um, a young man by the name of Juan Romero, who was a 17 year old bus boy that worked at the hotel. Just shaking hands. And you know how politicians do mm-hmm. when gunshots ring out and immediately Bobby dropped. And then a few seconds later, they tackled a guy by the name of Siran Siran. I don't even know if I pronounced that correctly. 24 year old Palestinian 
yeah. guy yeah. who had a gun in his hand and was still shooting at the time that they that is that the guys around him were able to get to him and tackle him. Sure. So Bobby went down. He remained conscious for a little bit and he lived until twenty six hours later where they finally pronounced him dead. But he got hit in the head. And it was only a twenty two revolver, but it got him just right there. And there were, there's not a whole lot they could have done about it. Right. But the fact that he was still conscious afterwards, they That's really crazy. couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> now, the problems with this are ridiculous. Because obviously, he should have won the presidency. He probably wouldn't have made it the president. He probably wouldn't have a guy I would really honestly like. Because I really like JFK. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel. I think JFK was like the last real do whatever I'm going to do what you need to president. As opposed to playing to the sure playing to the, to the the to the powers that be. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of stood in the way of the powers that be, unlike most presidents until recent, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's it's a, it's a very sad story because he was only like 42 years old. Right, he's young. Young, going to be the president. Good politician. Really didn't, like he had the, like the, some shitty stuff in his background, but who sure. doesn't? Right. Anyways, witnesses at the scene, and there were a lot of people there, were like, the official story doesn't really make sense. Ballistic analysis of the scene made it look like he was shot at point blank range, mm-hmm. like within like one to three inches. Whereas Saran Saran never got that close to him, according right. to the witnesses. Hmm. Number two, Saran Saran obviously came out and was like, I was set up. This wasn't, it wasn't just me, yada, yada, yada. Number three, they found some diary entries in Saran Saran's apartment after they arrested him. And were like, there, it made it look like he was being paid to play a part in the, Damn. In the thing. Now, Saran Saran was a Palestinian Christian who was upset with the Kennedys for supporting the, the nation of Israel. And a lot of people that knew him would say, yeah, this was part of his whole thing was he was upset about that whole thing. And he would even, like, talk about, hey, Kennedy needs to die, basically. Yeah. So he made a perfect, the perfect he case. He set himself up. But know? he was a perfect case for the lone assassin. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this guy's just a Palestinian sympathizer who wants the guy dead. He's got the action. He's going to do it. How the hell he would have known that Kennedy would have been diverted into the kitchens when he wasn't scheduled to be there is ridiculous. Right. Number one. Number two, there were more gunshots heard than what were fired by Saran Saran. He only could have fired off eight shots. They heard more than that. Number three, people say that his security guard played, Robert F. Kennedy's security guard played an active role in the whole thing. Had to have. Because he was the one that grabbed him and brought him that way. Yeah, he's the one he that also the drew his gun during the incident and witnesses said that he fired, even though he claims he never fired. No ballistics analysis was done on the gun, but there's a lot of evidence that points towards the idea that maybe he's the one that shot Pass, yeah. RFK and that Saran Saran was just there as a patsy. Another problem that pops up is there was a woman in a polka dotted dress, and that's all I know about her, who immediately after the incident was yelling, we killed him, we killed him, we killed him, and ran out of the scene. Think about that There's for a so second. There's so much. There's Think so much. Think about that for a second. <laughs> now, when you break down who could have been involved, obviously JFK and RFK were really big. They were really close with each other. Like RFK was in the mix on JF- a lot of JFK shit, even though the attorney general shouldn't be sitting in the room with the president on a lot of the international dealings that Kennedy had to deal with as president. Bobby was always there. He was always in the mix. They were very close together. They were so close, they were banging the same chick at the same time, basically. Yeah. Now, there's, so, a, there, there's a conspiracy around her, too. Well, if depending on time we might be getting to that but <laughs> there's there's motives to why why bobby would be assassinated because
because if he was going to do the same things that JFK did, and there's obviously there's a lot of conspiracies as to who would have wanted JFK dead, and there's a lot of people in a lot of powerful positions that would have wanted JFK dead, Bobby would have been as big of a problem. Definitely. It's just what the evidence points to. And how the hell is Saran Saran? Like, how the hell would you just gamble on the, oh, I'm going I'm to go to the hotel, but I'm just going to go to the kitchen. How how does that, the, the and the family, the, the Kennedy family believes that, at least mo- some of the members of the family believe that there was a conspiracy to kill him. That's Saran Saran. He probably was part of it, but he was probably the higher on the spot distraction guy. Yeah, he, he probably didn't, he might have not even known about the entire plan. Exactly. Now, you have to find a guy that would want to have a reason to want Kennedy dead, and obviously sure. he claims that he did. Sure. And his his story, he's still alive today, which is really interesting. Hmm. Saran Saran is, but his story has gone back and forth over the years as to what actually happened. So we don't really know, but there's obviously there's a conspiracy with JFK. There's a conspiracy here. Who did it? We don't know. It was probably CIA. Could have been. But I thought that one was really interesting. That's it's, a good one. it's worth inter- it, it gets it's overshadowed. Worth into. It gets overshadowed by JFK. Right. But this one is crazier. And why the hell is the random woman in the polka dot address yelling, We killed him, we killed him happily? Like, why the hell would you somebody be there doing that? Mm-hmm. So, a lot going on. Really interesting. That's crazy. I'll let you get in your next one. Yeah, I never knew about the, the woman in the in the dress. Yeah. So this wasn't an assassination, but this was like a plot to try and figure out. Basically, when the CIA got a good understanding of where Osama bin Laden was okay. in Pakistan, they wanted to they wanted to find a way to where they could prove that he was actually there, to where they you know where they suspected him of being. Sure. And they wanted to try and prove that by DNA evidence. <clears throat> so you ask yourself, how the hell would they possibly do that? So what they did was they hired a doctor, and his name was Shaquille Afridi. Okay. And he was hired to run a door-to-door polio vaccination program (laughs) to to where... In uh, Abbottabad, if you know where that's at. And so that they were hoping that they could get close enough to extract some DNA from Osama bin Laden. But the plan never worked. They never got close enough to him to, to get to get the DNA that was extracted. Their, that was their best idea. Was what we're <laughs> do. Hmm. And they thought they had to have thought about this for a while. Well, we need to get a door-to-door program going on. <laughs> Okay, vaccinations. Well, what diseases can we vaccinate against? Well, malaria, eh, not a problem in the Middle East. Right. Uh, coronavirus wasn't a thing yet. Ooh, we're going to go with polio. Some, that's that's our option. Something that's already dealt with. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, that's basically that's basically it with that. It didn't work. All right, I got. Is that it? Is that all you got for that one? Yeah, for that. I got one that did work. Have you ever heard of Inijiro Asan Asanuma? Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese politician in uh, post World War II. He's a socialist. He was a Chinese sympathizer and an American, like an American dissenter, I guess is the term. Sure. Japanese socialist. Uh, he's a pretty big deal, and he was kind of like the anchor of the Socialist Party that rose up post World. War two in Japan, a uh, pretty big deal politician. In on October twelfth, nineteen sixty, during a political date for elections related to Japan, Japan's uh, like their Congress, basically, he was up there giving a speech during the debate. Uh, Asanuma was. Uh, he was giving the speech, and there's video footage of this, and I watched it before I came over here of him talking, and then there's like the counterpoints, so you know how they're talking in Japanese and all this shit. A lot of people present. All of a sudden, somebody stage storms a stage and basically like knocks him over, and then there's a whole scuffle, and at the end of the Asanuma ended up dead. What happened was 17-year-old Otoya Yamaguchi stabbed him with a samurai sword. You know what? I think I've seen that video. It's intense. He drove a Wakazishi, which is a 
Japanese short sword, like, right through his rib cage, basically, on the stage. Damn. And just, like, we didn't gut him, but he... Yeah. Oh, what a way to go, man. And he killed the guy on the spot. What ended up happening was, um, obviously, they killed him. And this was, like, the leader of the Socialist Party. And this was a big faction back then because he was pro-China. And he wasn't pro the Taiwanese China that the United States recognized. He was pro Mao's China, which the United States didn't even recognize. And he was trying to get China, Mao's China and Japan to ally back against the United States again. And that was a big part of the socialist platform in Japan back then. Him dying kind of threw the party in the turmoil because what happens in a lot of these uh, a lot of these countries that aren't in the United States is there's multi-parties. Like, you have like, a, like, you have like five or six different political parties and like three or four come together to form an alliance to overthrow a different group mm-hmm. even though they don't have the same ideology. So it's like which one of the three or four is going to rise up between that? And then a centrist party kind of rose up out of the alliance of the socialists like the far left socialists and the other groups had. And it, it ended up throwing off the entire party and then socialism basically died in Japan within the next 30, 35 years. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy about this one is the anti-socialist people and the nationalists hail this Yamaguchi guy as a hero for killing this guy. Because yeah, they I can think, imagine. They think that socialism would have taken over if this guy hadn't been taken out. It probably very well could have. Now, it's crazy that it happened on live TV, on stage, and obviously assassination shouldn't be condoned under any circumstances as far as I'm concerned. Right. But there are still factions that celebrate this assassin today. Damn. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Right. That is crazy. And the video is crazy. It's just it's just like, who would have thought this guy out there talking was just going to have a samurai sword driven through his rib cage <laughs> two seconds later. It's unbelievable. So that's my second one. That's my second uh, official assassination that happened. That's a Completely one. changed the landscape of Japanese politics if you really want to look into it. Yeah, for sure. So so I have an attempted assassination. Did you know that, um, I forgot to write the dude's name down, but somebody tried to assassinate Theodore Roosevelt. It doesn't surprise me. So he was given a speech when he was shot but the bullet did little damage to him because it hit it first passed through his eyeglass and uh, a copy of his 50 page uh, speech and he was hit in the chest so you know how he always had that eyeglass hanging yes he always had that eyeglass it was hanging right in the perfect spot and then he he had a copy of his speech which was 50 pages it's a long speech 50 page speech and he probably he must have had it like tucked in like coat or shirt or something I don't know how he had 50 you know pieces of paper in his in his uh in his shirt or coat or whatever but yeah the bullet went through that and it saved his life and no. uh, he um and once he realized that he was fine that he wasn't in any, any like he still got hit like the bullet like he got hit sure but once he realized he was gonna be fine he finished his speech and he famously said i don't know if you fully understand that i just been shot but it takes more than that to kill a moose <laughs> and I, 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 I looked this one up real quick. So the assassin's name was, or the would-be assassin's name, was John Fleming Shrank. Yeah, that's that's right. And this was after he was president. Now, I'm sure you know that Teddy Roosevelt served, he served out McKinley's term, and then I think he served only one of his own terms, I think. I don't know for positive. And then Taft took over. William Whoa. Howard Taft. I think he was, was he, I think he was running for a third term. Theodore Roosevelt was during this what time. What ended up happening, I'm going to get into the history real quick. So I think he only served, he served out McKinley's term and then he ran for his own term and then he left office. He went, he let his 
his vice president, William Howard Taft, run. William Howard Taft won and ran, but wasn't running the country as well as Theodore Roosevelt hoped he was going to. Theodore Roosevelt went on sabbatical to Africa or something crazy. He came back in 1912 as a third-party candidate. And this was when three presidents were running at the same time because Taft was running to get reelected. Theodore Roosevelt was back in the mix back in 1912, (laughs) running as a bull moose, which is where that whole thing came from. And Woodrow Wilson was running as a Democratic candidate. Uh, Basically, Teddy Roosevelt coming back, split the the Republican ticket between Taft and himself, and then Woodrow Wilson, Wilson, who we don't really like on this show too much. (laughs) But what's also interesting, too, is that William Howard Taft, post-presidency, ended up becoming the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, which is kind of funny. Right. But So that assassination attempt would have been after his presidency. But still, it's crazy that it got that close. And he ended up carrying that bullet for the rest of his life, because it got lodged into his chest, but it wasn't going to do any damage, so he just kind of left it there. What a badass. He, yeah, he he earned his place up there on Mount Rushmore, as far as I'm concerned. And um, uh, who else was shot as well? Uh, Reagan was shot. Reagan was shot by uh, Hinckley. And he survived. But what's really funny is, after he recovered, he was giving another speech, and a balloon popped. God. And he he stopped in the middle of his speech, and he was like, missed me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's a whole other thing we get into with the Reagan assassination. There's evidences that the Bush family was involved in that one. Oh, man. And there's also evidence that Hinckley had never actually shot Reagan, that he was shot while he was in the limo by a Secret Service agent that was put there by the Bush family. All right, I'll have to look into that one. There's evidence out there that's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good because we talked about it on the Secret Society episode how Reagan and Bush didn't like each other and Reagan didn't want Bush as vice president. Mm-hmm. This was early in Reagan's presidency where he got shot, like really early. And Bush was head of the CIA. Was head of the CIA while. for so a he, while. He knew, he, he knew what and he was doing. HW was connected in every single Secret Society thing that I found. HW's name pops up. So, damn. I don't know. <laughs> and then I got one more. Well, one more presidential assassination. Did you know Andrew Jackson almost got assassinated but didn't? That's why I thought he was assassinated. Yeah, he. they thought, well, he was the first. I don't know if he was the first one to get attempted, but all the presidents have been, there's been attempts. Sure. Like, shit, some of them are like 100 assassination attempts. None of them really got very far. But Andrew Jackson had a guy come up and, like, misfire two different guns, and then Andrew <laughs> Jackson just beat the shit out of him. Jesus. Now, U.S. presidents get assassinated or get attempted to get assassinated all the time. But guess how many times Fidel Castro survived an assassination attempt? Hundreds of times. 638 total <laughs> assassination attempts on him. I know the the, C, the CIA tried multiple times to assassinate him. Yeah, they got into all sorts of ridiculous shit. Now, what's also interesting, too, is it doesn't always have to be, like, political leaders. It could always be a religious leader getting assassinated, too. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows, or a lot of people know that Pope John Paul II survived an assassination attempt. Yeah, yeah pretty much weakened him throughout the rest of his papal, his papacy. He went and visited the guy in jail and forgave him. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Right. But did you, are you familiar with his predecessor, Pope John Paul I? I'm not very familiar with him. Most people aren't because he only was a pope for 33 days. That's rough. He was elected pope in 1978 after the death of Pope Paul VI. And Pope Paul VI died in August, so John Paul I was elected in August. He's only 65 years old. In reasonably good health, he was kind of a, he was a cardinal, but he was kind of a, kind of an outsider. He was the 
last of the Italian line of popes that stretched back all the way to like the 1600s or something. But he wasn't really part of any like the, the factions. And there's a lot of factions within the Catholic Church that don't get talked about. You got like ultra conservative factions. You got more liberal factions. You've got all sorts of ridiculous groups within the Catholic Church. They kind of coalesce to decide who the pope's going to be. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is they're electing people. They don't always elect people based on where they are spiritually as much as it is politically. Politically and how easily they're going to be able to lead people back into the church because obviously a big part of a church is keeping people involved in the church and giving money to the church right so there's there's very it's a very it's highly political and obviously the Catholic church is the longest standing institution in the history of the world right now mm-hmm. so there's a lot of ins and outs as going on as who they're going to pick to lead it pope john paul the first was born as albino luciani out of italy he was a cardinal he wasn't one that wanted to be pope he never thought he was going to be pope well not really a popular choice but just kind of it just kind of swung his way basically in the election. <laughs> he was elected on the fourth ballot of voting because you have to get so many people and he ended up winning. And he he said, flat out, he said, my reign's going to be a short one. You guys have made a mistake or something. He only lasted 33 days. Damn. He died at age 65 of an alleged massive heart attack in bed while he was reading. Now at this point, he was in relatively good health. This wasn't, heart attack at 65 for a guy that was healthy is possible, yeah. but it's a stretch. Yeah. Now, his problem was he didn't really care about the politics. Italian banks at that point and Papal and the Vatican Bank had major conspiracies going on where there were very big like problems going on that he threatened to expose. Now he didn't outright come out and say it, but he stood in the way of a lot of the shenanigans getting covered up. When he died, he was immediately embalmed upon being found. So they found his body. They had him embalmed six hours later upon them finding his dead body. Damn. Italian law dictates that you have to wait 24 hours after a corpse is found to embalm the corpse. Mm-hmm. They did it in less than six hours. Jeez. The Catholic Church's reasoning for that was, oh, well, it's summertime. Even though it was September 28th, 1978, they said it's summertime. We don't want the corpse to get decayed in the sun. When Pope Paul VI died less than two months prior to that, because, again, he died, was the Pope John Paul I was elected right after the, pope, the previous pope died. Right. When he died, they waited the full four days or whatever to embalm him or whatever. There was no big deal. They embalmed Pope John the First right away. Pope John Paul the First right away. They killed him. So there's a lot of questions: is Why the hell would they do that that quickly? Why would they not let an autopsy happen on a 65 year old pope? He'd only been pope for 33 days. It's not like he was pope for very long. <laughs> right. Why the hell wouldn't you do the autopsy just to find out what the hell happened? Right. And then you get into the banking families, and there's an American bishop named Paul Marcinkus who was heavily involved in the Vatican Bank at the time. There was a whole lot of problems with him and what was going on there. There was a whole lot of motive from a diff- bunch of different parties to assassinate him. Now, obviously the Catholic Church isn't going to say that, oh, the Pope got assassinated in his sleep. <laughs> he got poisoned. Right. And I, I watched a documentary about this whole thing, and it was like, well, you know, why would they embalm him right away? It was the, was a big question. Why would they force the embalmination right away? And, and then they were like, well, if they poison him via the method of poison that we think he, po- that he got poisoned by, which, why would you even say that in the first place? Right. And embalming him wouldn't eliminate the evidence, is what they were saying. And they're like, so it couldn't have been, that couldn't have been the reason why they embalmed him that quickly. But if you think about it backwards, would they have even known that <laughs> prior to getting the whole thing going? Right, for sure. Like, of course, if you're going to kill somebody, you're going to try to get him processed as quickly as possible. Of course. Obviously, embalming him is the process that you're going to go with. <laughs> so, no, they wouldn't have known <laughs> how the poison would have reacted to the embalming process prior 
because there hasn't been a whole lot of trial and error done on this type of scenario. Right. So, to me, at least, it's very suspicious at the very least. 65 years old, yeah. died of a massive heart Definitely attack. Definitely suspicious. And the Catholic Church keeps coming out with these, like, these, like, proclamations as to what happened, and they always change. Like, they can't even determine what he was actually reading. Like, there have been, like, different proclamations coming out saying he had a different book in his hand every time. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but he probably would have been a pretty good pope, all things considered, if he had been allowed to live. Now, obviously, John Paul II was elected, and he was a very popular pope throughout his entire papacy. Right. Shortly thereafter, and he ended up taking the name of Pope John Paul I. But when you look at all the evidence, and I didn't get nearly as into it as there is, like, we could do a whole episode on this guy. And I remember staying up, like, I was trying to, I was falling asleep one night, and I was reading. And you know how you're kind of reading something, and we want to fall asleep, but you can't put it away? Mm-hmm. Like, I sat there for an hour reading shit about this whole thing. Man. And, yeah, he definitely was assassinated. I believe it. was it. probably the Vatican bankers, but there's a whole thing going on with the Vatican bank and the mob, which is in The Godfather Part 3. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, The Godfather Part 3. I've seen it one time. That's a whole plot line of that movie is the Vatican Bank combining with the mob to do shit. And it's all part of the same thing. So he knew something or he was going to put pressure on somebody that didn't want pressure put on him is what I think it, it was. Hmm. Anyways, that's my last one. This is a good episode. This was a great episode. Really long. <laughs> I'm sorry. I babbled like an idiot. No, you're good. I was going to get into Marilyn Monroe, but we're doing our own. We're doing a full Marilyn Monroe episode <laughs> at some point. We've talked about that before. Yeah. I really wanted to get into her today, but it just wasn't going to happen time-wise. Yeah. She possibly had both killed. <laughs> I think she was killed herself, and I don't think it was them that did it. I think it was a CIA that did it. Hmm. According to Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah. Yeah. He says that she knew about the aliens. <laughs> but we definitely, we need to get out of here. This can be a long-ass yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, if anybody has ever seen or been involved in assassination, tweet us at 30 and let us know. Yes. And if you have, if you have any opinions on the assassinations that we discussed today, any of the events, any, any, or any interesting deaths that you think might have been an assassination, please tweet us. Or post it to our Facebook page. Yes, please post to our Facebook page. Uh, it's 4.30 in the morning. You might be able to find it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that yet, but you might be able to find it. I'm trying to get some people involved to like kind of help us out with this. I don't know if anybody's going to actually help us out or not, but we're going to try. Might. Page might. I'll get Paige on board. All right, perfect. Hopefully you're an administrator, and if you've got administrative powers, do whatever you want with it. Sure. Uh, because I don't really know what's going on. I'm not the expert with that shit. So <laughs> I'll um, see what I can do. We'll see what's going to happen. Anyways, we thank you guys very much. I think this was a pretty good episode, all things considered. Uh, but it's probably about time to get out of here. So Peace. Back when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with snakes. I was always like, I'd go out in the yard like hoping I was just going to like randomly find a snake one day. So you would be put in Slytherin. Probably. No. Cut. No, that's not getting cut. That's getting cut. I need, I need to get you on a Harry Potter. Like, no, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to get me on a Harry Potter. You are missing out. You're not going to be able to get me on a Harry you Potter. You don't know what you're missing out I on. do, because I watch all the movies. I read most of the books. I don't like it. I wish I was a wizard, and it makes me jealous reading those books. <laughs> so I can't do it. Anyways. That's pretty significant in my opinion. Right. To add to that. Shit. I always type the shit out that doesn't really make any sense. (laughs) To add to that. (laughs) Stop fucking laughing. This shit's important, dude. Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm messing. I'm messing.